Welcome into the CHGO Blackhawks podcast presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. I'm Jay Zawoski, joined by Greg Bar- Greg Boyson and Mario Tirabasi. I was rushing through it. Off to a great start. Greg Boyson and Mario Tirabasi. <laughs> Joseph uh, Mario sprinted here. Yeah, yeah. From his parking spot. So uh, we are, sprint uh, is, a, is a loose term. Yeah. Yeah. Well, compared to anything I would do, it's a sprint. The quads and hamstrings uh, are a little tight still from Monday night's game, but uh, yeah, it was it was a brisk brisk walk. Yeah, um, a bit of a, a a difficult day for everybody I know, and um, sports always sort of takes the back seat uh, when we have things that happened uh, in Texas yesterday. We want to definitely take some time to acknowledge uh, at least nineteen dead after an elementary school shooting, um, and I didn't really know, and I still don't know how this is going to go for me. Uh, this conversation and it's not going to be the whole show we're going to get to our Blackhawks player evaluations we're going to talk playoffs don't worry but uh, we'd be negligent if we didn't take a second to say something and uh, I'm the daughter of an I'm the father of an 11 year old daughter just turned 12 actually two days ago I am the softball coach of many girls that age and it's just another day where I'm like should I be sending her to school today and uh it's really hard. It's really difficult to think of those parents in this time, of those siblings in this time, and those grandparents and aunts and uncles who feel so helpless who are getting news as the day's going on or they're driving to the school and they hear about what happened and uh, just with their hearts in their throats. And uh, I don't know. There's, <laughs> it, it's, there's, there's no point in getting political because everyone is so divided. But I think when you, you look at – what the people that live in this country want, the vast majority of the people that live in this country want some sort of change, some sort of reform, and it has to happen. It's like, when when is it going to be enough is the question I constantly ask myself. And um, was yesterday not enough? Does that have to be 25, 30, 35, 40, 45? Like, what's the number where the people that we have elected to lead this country actually decide to lead and do something? And... It's not, you know, it's just there's so much that needs to change. Um, you know, maybe it starts with campaign reform where you can't accept, accept money from lobbies or something like that. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I just know what we're doing now is not working, and I'm sick of it. I'm tired of it. Steve Kerr said it more eloquently than I ever will. But as the father of a 12-year-old who's a few years away from going to a massive high school in Homewood Flossmoor, I can't tell you. There's not a week that goes by that I don't worry about how she's going to be and how those four years at a giant school like that are going to go with children going through mental health issues, not getting treatment, angry. The country's divided. Um, you know, it's just, it's really scary. And now what we're hearing like the long-term effects of the isolation of COVID, which was the right thing to do for the health and safety of everybody there's mental health problems from there and children are not maturing socially as much anymore. So that's another added layer of the terror. So I'm just rambling on, but all I got to say is as a parent, as an uncle, as a cousin, I'm terrified and I'm pissed and it's time to do something. Someone's got to do something. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, 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 um, I, I echo what Jay says regarding, um, you know, what, what needs to happen um, in this country. I think, um, you know, I, I have a seven-month-old daughter, and my wife and I have already had discussions of, you know, what would we want to do for schooling? Because it's, it's not safe. Um, we've as a country, uh, have not learned in 23 years since Columbine. And it's, it's, it's schools, it's colleges, it's churches, temples, synagogues, um, grocery stores, movie theaters. What is safe? And, um, I'm, I know that the term of 
feeling numb to it is, is something that people are experiencing. And to me, it is the fact that it's, it's not new and it's not isolated incidents. It's the norm in this country to hear of a massive shooting. Yep. And the, the changes that need to be made have not been made. Um, the priorities of people in this country and politicians in this country need to change. Um, we, we cannot prioritize um, power and money and guns over people's lives, over children's lives. Um, like you said, Jay, I, I, I don't know what is the tipping point, but in my mind, there have been thousands of tipping points. Yeah. And it's, <sighs> I'm tired of it. I'm very angry. I know this is a hockey podcast. We will get to it. Um, but if I'm being honest, I couldn't give a shit about hockey today. <laughs> yeah. But it's, we have a job to do, and we will do it. Yeah, but I, it's it's something that needs to be um, addressed. Yeah, and yes, I know the stick to sports is coming out, but you know what? We have a platform, and we have a responsibility that when something like this continue, like we can't even process the last right. tragic loss of life before the next one comes. I'm not a parent. I don't have children. I can't imagine what everybody else in this room woke up feeling I'm the only one sitting in this office right now without a child. Part of the reason I don't have children is because I don't want to bring a child into the world like this, a world that doesn't give a shit about them. Schools are supposed to be where children go to be safe and they can't even do that anymore because we have quote unquote leaders that care more about their money and their power. They don't give a shit about your children's safety. They don't care about yours. I don't care about your rights to own anything. Children have a right to go to school and be safe and come home. Yep. African-Americans have a right to go grocery shopping without being murdered. People have a right to go to concerts, movie theaters, their houses of worship, nightclubs, anywhere they want without the fear of being mowed down by a military-grade weapon. Enough. Enough. I'm tired of it all. But here we are. The cycle repeats itself. Tragedy happens. Our leaders fawn outrage for 24 hours, and then they move on to blame the other side for something that really doesn't matter. Yeah. I saw Dick Durbin today, who is a, 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 a politician I actually have some respect for. He's done a good job for Illinois. For the most part, say, well, we really can't do anything until the memorial recess is over. What? Yeah. No. What are you talking about? Screw Do your, it right now. Screw your recess. You should have done it 15 years ago. Yeah. You should have done it ten, You should have done it after Sandy Hook. It keeps happening, and it's going to keep happening because you know what? As you both said, and I agree, I don't know what the right answers are, but I know doing nothing yeah. is not the right answer. And you look so, around the world, and, and you know people say, well, gun laws aren't going to help anything. Look at, look at there's strict gun laws in Illinois and Chicago, yada, yada. But it's not surrounding. The surrounding states don't have those laws. Right. But you look at other countries that have had mass shootings, and they immediately adapt, and they immediately see a change. Yep. Whatever's, whatever's happening, I don't have the answer. I'm not a politician. I'm a hockey podcaster, okay? I'm, I, for the most part, try to stay in my lane. But when my 12-year-old daughter is impacted by these political decisions, when she comes home from school and says, oh, we had another stranger in the building drill today. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Yeah. Uh, my 12-year-old my daughter has to learn how to bar a door. She has to learn how to hide in a corner. She has to learn how to communicate with police that are walking through the hallways after a mass shooting and how to tell if it's a real police officer or a shooter. This is what my 12-year-old has to do in school. And the worst part is we've gotten to the point where now this has been happening so long that the mass shooters have gone through those drills when they were yeah, in school. Exactly. So yep. something's got to change. Yes, we're going to get to hockey, but there's no way we can walk into this morning and not talk about this and if, if if it's something you guys are uncomfortable about hearing about that's good yeah because the time for comfort it's time is to get over. uncomfortable yep and if you don't want to get uncomfortable then you're part of the problem not part of the solution it's time to figure this out i'm sick to death of reading about innocent children innocent people trying to live their life and getting killed for no reason 
It's 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 disgusting and it's heartbreaking. I'm angry. I'm sad. I don't know if I should throw up or punch a wall or do both at the same time. Um, just it is. It's just terrible. So you know that's that's where we stand. It felt a little better to say these things. Yeah. I appreciate uh, our our bosses. Jake and Kevin and Brandon and Denver for allowing us to use our platform to say yeah. what we want. They are supportive and all this, and it is very appreciated on this end, this side of the camera, to know that the other side of the camera has our backs and gives us this platform. So I think that's a good stopping point, and uh, we should get on to hockey, as I'm sure. sure half of our audience is screaming at us right now. As I used to say, to start every Madhouse podcast, let's drop the puck. All right. All right. Good. Um, why don't we start with the playoffs from last night, and then we'll get into our player evaluations on the back end. Uh, we're going to evaluate Dylan Strom's season and Riley Stillman's seasons uh, in the second half of the show. But another uh, good night. I mean, look, every night of the Stanley Cup playoffs is good. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. the Stanley Cup playoffs. It's the best teams in the world going at it. Uh, the Rangers win. They To me, they looked really damn impressive last night. Just Turkin was making incredible saves. He looked like the guy who had, was the goalie for the Rangers in a regular season. And Greg and I were talking before the show, when the Rangers' big guns show up, they're really hard to beat. Mm -hmm. But there's been too many games where they have not been visible. Last night, that was not the case. Uh, Kreider and Zabinijad and Shesterkin were all great. Adam Fox had a really good game, too. Um, I've been impressed with the Rangers in the series. I, I don't think a lot of people gave them much of a chance. I still think Carolina will probably pull off the series. I just think they're a better, deeper team. They're going to have to win a road game. Yeah, they're going to have <laughs> to. Nice. But, Eventually. Yeah, but I, I just, you know, I've been really impressed with uh, how the Rangers have come out and played this series. And for the for the majority of the game last night, they were the aggressors. They were the team with the edge. They were the team dominating and dictating the play. So good for them. Good, good for the Rangers, man. It's And I got to say, too, aesthetically – that game last night was beautiful. Yeah. The Rangers' home uniforms are are top-notch. And there's something about the lighting there that makes that, the colors pop a little more. Yeah. It's, I, it, it seems like it's, it's just a little bit brighter. Um, I mean, hey, it's, it's Madison Square Garden, yeah. right? Like, you know, that's, it, it, maybe it's just the allure of the, of, the, of the stadium that, you know, it radiates off the ice or whatever. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, been a, it's been a good series. Um, you know, I think we all – Picked Carolina, but it's it's not to say that the Rangers are not a a quality team. They you know they they're in the second round for a reason. Um, and yeah, it, you know they 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 do rely a little bit heavily on their top players, but those are some <laughs> those are some top players that you can when 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 push comes to shove, if 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 they can you know put a game onto their shoulders like they did last night. It's a dangerous Rangers team, and and Shosturkin and Net playing the way that he did, and 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 being that Vezina caliber mm -hmm. goaltender could steal steal this series. Sure, it could happen. Yeah, and, and as as uh, uh, Design Love pointing pointed out here, they played well at five on five. That's the key for them. They've struggled all season, and in the postseason a lot too. In that Penguins series, they struggled at five on five. They've played really well five on five the entire series. Um, but uh, the one guy that I'm gonna give give the shout out to is Mika Zibanejad. Uh, these last two games, yep. He's a beast when he wants to be, yeah. and he needs to do that, bring that every night. And when he does, he took that team on his shoulders in game three and willed the first couple goals of that game. He is is very underrated player. Um, you know, a lot of people, when he got that big contract in New York, were like, what are you doing? Well, I, you know, when he plays like he has the last two games, he's worth every penny yeah. of that deal and deserves it. Um, you know, he's got to bring that every night. And, you know, when he does – He's he's been the best player on the ice the last two nights, and the Rangers need that for two more wins in this series. If they get that, you know, I picked Carolina in six, but they got to figure something out here. They got to provide. They got to figure out a way to to get pucks behind Igor. They got to figure out a way to win a damn road game. Like they're yeah, 0 five yeah, on the road. Eventually, you have to win one. You're gonna have to do it at some <laughs> point. Now, if they go on to the to the to the next round, they'll have. Home ice, I believe, so they can still, but you know, but <laughs> but it's Tampa. At some point, it, yeah, at some point, you got to win a road game, and uh, they really were never in it last night. 
last night was not the game to do it. And the, the game three was closer score wise, but they really weren't in that game a whole lot either. So yeah, they got to figure out how to to get the jump on the Rangers at home, but at the Garden. But more importantly, they got to figure out how to pull out game five. Um, they've looked a little sleepy this series. Yeah, and that's surprising know, I, with their yeah, coach. Yeah, right, you right. Know, he yeah. is he one is, of the least sleepy players ever. Yeah, <laughs> and one of the least sleepy coaches. Yeah. You know, he's got to be going crazy watching these performances. So it's very uncharacteristic of this team. After the first goal, they showed Brindamore, and he was just like, <laughs> deep sigh, head shake on the bench. Just you could t- you could see he's frustrated. You mm-hmm. could see that he's. I don't know. I don't want to say out of answers. That's that's hyperbole. But he's just. Like, boy, like, you know, we should be doing better than we're doing. But that that is, I think, I I think I underestimated the Rangers a little bit. Because, um, like we said, when their star players are their star players, if you go, like, star to star, comparing to Rangers and Hurricanes, the, the Rangers probably have an edge in terms of stars. Yeah. Hurricanes are deeper. Mm-hmm. But the Rangers have more high-end players, and they've got the goalie advantage. So something to keep an eye on as the series goes on. Also, uh, Jason brings up a good point. In the chat, uh, he says, can we talk about what seems to be a long history this season of dangerous Truba hits? He's had a lot this year. Yeah. yeah. And a lot of them are like, eh. You know, you're kind of like, okay, I could see. Maybe that's a penalty. Maybe here and there. But when it's they keep been a lot with, with, with him. the same guy in the same fashion, yeah. he's, there's a trend there. He's, yes, he's definitely. towing the line. He is mastered of towing the line of dirty and legal. Uh, but he that's a fine line. And at some point, Karma's going to catch up to him. That's all I'm going to say. Like, like you said yesterday, Karma's undefeated. Yeah. It, it's just, what what bugs me about it is, and it's very similar to Tom Wilson. Not that he's that level. No, don't, don't get me wrong. I'm just saying he's too good of a player to keep putting himself, putting himself in the penalty box, getting himself suspended. Jacob Trouba's a really good player. Yeah, they need him on the ice. We talked about Stan Makita last week, realizing, wait a minute. If I stop being a jag on the ice <laughs> and I'm on the ice more, more good things are going to happen. Yes, you're, more, you're a really good player. It's yeah. important. Like, finish your checks by all means. Play physically by all means, but don't go chasing hits and don't go chasing waterfalls. Don't do yeah, that either. That's two two important lessons. Yes, I but mean, I, thanks, Jay. Left eye Zawaski. Good advice. <laughs> like, listen. Like, like I'm I'm not an NHL player. Um, Breaking news. Yet. Um, yeah. <laughs> still, 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 <laughs> still got those tryouts lined up. Um, but, you know, I've, I've played enough contact sports, hockey, football, you know, wh- whatever. Um, there's ways to hit people in which you're not leading like this. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's a common theme with Truba and these hits is that he's hitting people like this with yeah, his elbow. Yeah, the chicken wing. Um, and... There's the, just ways the not to do that. That's the Perron. Yeah, right. We had right. a comment yeah. in here from Michael about what did you think of David Perron's hit on Kadri? We, we covered that yesterday's podcast, so feel free to Which one? check that out. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. But more we, the one that almost <laughs> right. him? But or? we basically... But the same thing. That's we the, that's we the threw David wing. Perron under the bus. I flat out said he does not deserve to play another game this postseason. We don't, those are the exact type of plays that the quote player, Department of Player Safety is looking to outlaw, and yet they just say, eh, find the change in your couch cushions and send that us right. and we'll let you keep doing it because right. it's the playoffs. So, you know, yeah, you know, Truba, good player, likes to toe that line, crosses that line. So, you know what, when he's on the other line, other end of one of those hits and he's the one lying on the ice spitting out teeth, it's going to hard. It's going to be hard to feel any sympathy for him. Look, you reap what you sow. Yeah. Eventually, it's going to. He's going to be on the other end of one of those hits, and you're going to be like, "Oh boy, that's too bad." Play, players that play physically are going to have a number of those in their career, right? It's just going to happen. Right. Brent Seabrook had some unfortunate hits. Like, the list goes on and on, right? We've seen them. Yeah, it's a fast sport. It is Act, a fast sport. It's a physical happens. sport. But when it's night after night after night, the same guys. The same lists, the same you know, the same trends. Then you got to take a look at it. You got to evaluate it because again, they need him on the ice. Jacob Troop is a really good player and should not just be spending most nights in the penalty box. Play physical by all means, and yeah, once or twice a season you're going to have a hit you don't like. Fine, you know it's not intentional, but it's become a trend and that's a little bit troubling. Uh, by the way, speaking of high end talent, wait, can we? I gotta, oh, I gotta whoop, break whoop, in here. Whoop, whoop. So, Greg, you just called Jay Left Eye. Mm-hmm. 
who's T Boss and who's Chili between you two? Mm. That's a know. very good question. That is a very I good think question. we should take that to the to the interview. T Boss is very close to Tirabasi. That's what I was there thinking. Are, there but yeah. that, then I, I didn't want to default Chili to Greg. But I mean, well, you know, she's she's I like that the, she's like the sexy one of that group. So I, that is you know, true. I think it fits. I, I, I think it fits. I don't think there's any question. It's Greg then. <laughs> All right. All right. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure. Can okay. you get us? Can you get us? We'll work on above the screen. Yeah. Right. Little our little name plates. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Lawrence, for <laughs> correctly identifying the three of us as TLC. There we go. Um, by the way, just a little aside. Every time I hear TLC, I think of the movie The Other Guys, which oh, yeah. not a lot of people have seen. It's Will it's Ferrell. It's Mark Wahlberg. It totally bombed in theaters. Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton is fantastic. <laughs> it is one of the funniest movies. I love it. Every time it's on, I That's get good. Shawshanked by it. That's if good. you've not seen The Other Guys... Throw it on your streaming service. It's a good hour and a half, and you'll you'll laugh. It's great. It's really funny. All right. Anyway, back to my uh, segue. Um, speaking of high-end talent, the Oilers lead the series three games to one. Surprising. And, man, you had some goalie adventures oh my God. <laughs> in that game. I... You had Jacob Markstrom <laughs> doing his Mike Smith impression just to start the game. Uh, what was it twenty eight seconds yeah. into the Something into the game? Just fumbles the puck behind the net, and then Mike Smith later in the game gives up the tying goal. Was it tying goal? Yeah, it was. Yeah. The tying goal from the opposite blue line. Feet. Tying goal, shorthanded from one hundred and thirty two <laughs> oh feet, and he just yeah. does the palms up like he immediately what blames his defenseman. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? Yeah, what are you doing? Like, what do you mean? What am I doing? He oh, shot God. from the other blue line. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, 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 I thought. Oh my God, the series is over because I thought Calgary's going to come back and win this game, and it's boom. Mike Smith is 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 going to cost the Oilers again. Um, he wasn't might. the case. He still, he still might. might. Never, I mean, never the, underestimate. They still the have to win one Mike more Smith. game. There's time. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jacob Markstrom pulled the Mike Smith, and then Mike Smith said, "Hold my beer." Yeah, because I'm going to wait a I'm minute. Gonna, that's, I'm that's the original. My job. <laughs> I'm the original Mike Smith. Only you can't can... ruin the game for your team. That's my job. Only my yeah. Mike Flames Smith. are in trouble though. I mean, they were a team that we have. Sang the praises of for the last couple of weeks here, and uh, they're in trouble. Um, yep, they are in trouble. They can't. They don't have an answer for the speed of the Oilers right now. Uh, they don't have an answer for Connor McDavid, but nobody does. No, there's uh, yeah, not. Uh, you, you can't be expected to. Uh, no, but stop I mean, him. McDavid didn't even have that. Like he didn't have the McDavid game that we've been used to. Only two assists, right? So I mean, what <laughs> only a, a multi-point <laughs> night? But then, but that's that's the thing. Like then, all of a sudden, here's Ryan Nugent Hopkins has entered the chat. Yep. Like I forgot he was on that team, and yeah. then he gets two big goals. And I also think, as putty as he is, we can't ignore what Evander Kane is doing. And I, I think it's can't we though? Can't I know? Yeah. I think it's taking away from him to say, well, he's just got to stick on the ice, and McDavid's making it happen. That's no. partial. It's partial. But he's got eleven freaking goals yeah, in the postseason. He's been great, but can we can we just knock off the Evander? This isn't a, a, a redemption story for Evander Kane. It's no, not. You, you're it's not, not a redemption story. Is, no, 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 no. It is no, just no. another <laughs> reminder that if you're really good at your sport, we forget about the awful things you do in your personal life and let you make money to play a sport. That's what this is. So yeah, he's been amazing for the for the Oilers. He's been exactly what that team needed. I, I mean, but I can't root for the guy. You can, you know, all the things, all the off-ice stuff, it's not even to do with the allegations in his personal life, which, are, if are true, are just awful. But the guy's been a terrible teammate his whole career. Yeah. That's fact. I mean, Dustin Bufflin in the tracksuit incident in Winnipeg, he wears out his welcome everywhere he goes. So, you know, now he's having this great playoff run, so some GM is going to go out and give him a three-year contract, and in, in a year and a half is going to be buying him out again. Yeah. Nobody learns their lesson. But I guess if, if, if he gets them to a Stanley Cup final, I guess in Ken Holland's mind it was worth it. And maybe it is because that's his job is to put together a team that wins hockey games. But let's enough with the – let's enough with the, the – Evander Kane redemption stories, the Tony D'Angelo redemption stories. Can we just say these are bad story, guys having good games? A redemption story to me, and we're going to get to our Hawks evaluations here in a minute, but a redemption story to me is a guy has a mental health issue or a substance abuse right. problem, overcomes, comes back, and returns to all-star form. Or an injury. It's not, or, I was a penis, and now I'm good at hockey again. Right. That's not redemption. That's a, it, 
you're recovering from self-inflicted wounds, right? You're, you've chosen to be an a-hole as a teammate and as a person. Scott Darling was a redemption story. Thank mm-hmm. you. Yeah. That is the correct use of redemption story. That yes. is a redemption story. A guy that that drank himself to the bottom of the barrel and then somehow got back to the to the NHL. I'm back. Winning NHL Stanley Cup playoff game. Mm-hmm. That's a redemption story. Yes. Yeah. Evander Kane scoring goals in the playoffs is not a redemption a, story. A redemption story has to Something learns come a lesson with, in yes, redemption has, story. has to come with Vander a lesson King learned. Is not learning a lesson here. A lesson learned, humility, some, you know, self-awareness. Ad, ad, admittance that you yeah. were wrong. And, None of and that is happening. Haven't seen Vander it with King. Evander Kane. Haven't seen it with Tony D'Angelo. Because they um, keep getting more and more chances because they're good at what they do. Reeves yeah. was going after him last night again, too. One of the few times <laughs> I'm like, hey, Ryan Reeves, cool. I started liking him after <laughs> he left the Blues. I don't know what happened. It's weird. Ryan Reeves yeah. is a really good guy off the ice. Yeah. He does a lot of great things in in the various communities that he's played for. He's a he's a player you like on your team. Right. I, I 31 other yeah. team fan bases hate him a year. Yeah. He's a really good guy, but he, yeah, he does some stuff that I don't like, but you know, I wouldn't mind have knowing that he's got my back if I needed to oh, get yeah. into a fight. That's yeah. For sure. For <laughs> That'll sure. work. So Absolutely. he's got his redeeming qualities. Yeah. You know, I don't necessarily like like it, but you know what? I'll take I'll take a Ryan Reeves over a Vander Kane any day. There you go. He's based he, on human being. Sure. He uh he got me on the when he was in Vegas. He put on like the, they have like a statue of a knight in the hallway, and he put on the costume. And then as people walked by, he would like jump Scam. out at him. <laughs> he was doing that. And then the other night, he did a uh, like a WWE style announce announcing of the starting lineup for the, the Rangers. Oh, nice! Just screaming at the top of his lungs. It was it was awesome. So yeah. Good teammate. Um, was it Reeves and Kane that had a beef um, a few years ago? No, it was Buffalo and, and Kane. No, 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 no. Didn't Ryan – I thought Ryan Reeves and Evander Kane, uh, San Jose Vegas series. Am I Maybe. misremembering that? Through the internet. Probably right. I mean, listen, if you're going to play – I thought they, they went back and forth. Okay, there's a five-minute and 31-second video on YouTube called Ryan Reeves versus Evander Kane, Every Hate Moments. All right, so let's watch it. There is. All right. <laughs> Dial it up. So I'm going to go ahead and we say got time yes. we'll, we'll, we'll do our ad reads over the video. Yeah. 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 It'll be like yeah. Don Cherry 6 or whatever it would yeah, be. Yeah, there you go. All right. So, well, yeah, I mean, hey – yeah. Maybe maybe they <laughs> well, they yeah. rekindle their their rivalry in the cup final. Who knows? That'd be fun. I I would I would have no problem watching Evander Kane get his comeuppance. And remember, if the Oilers make it to the cup final, that uh, third round pick for Duncan Keith becomes a second as, as long, long as, as he's, he's top, top four. four. Yeah, in ice time, look right. he should be pretty he close be. to that. He's there, I can't imagine he's not. I think he's fourth right yeah, now. Yeah, walked last night. By the way, Ooh, that's been known to happen. He's, yeah, he is. He, um, he's old. He's not he's that good anymore. Forty-seven no. years old. What do you want he's from the guy? No, the guy. The guy's played a lot of <laughs> hockey at a very high, high rate of performance. Eventually, you know, the the wheels aren't going to work like they used to. But uh, that's Edmonton's problem now. Yeah. Miles on Duncan Keith. All right. Uh, hey, we hope you're enjoying the show. I know it was off to a bit of an emotional start, but that's the guys we are. We're, we re- we keep it real. Uh, Left Eye Chili and T Boss here. We we always tell the truth. We always. Say what's on our minds, and we're going to do that as the show goes on. So thanks for sticking with us here. Uh, but the best way to support CHGO is to download that PointsBet app and make sure you use that promo code CHGO <laughs> when you sign up. If you do that right now, you're going to get two risk-free bets up to two grand, but you're also going to get a 50, well, with a $50 or more. See, I go off script, and look what happens. Come on, uh, <laughs> if you make a $50 or more <laughs> first-time deposit, yet. There we go. you're going to receive a free CHGO membership. That'll unlock all of our great web content. We've got a lot coming this week. Uh, you'll even get a free shirt of the, of your choice from the CHGO locker, like mine right here. Uh, that's two grand in free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free shirt from the CHGO locker, all for making a $50 or more first-time deposit at PointsBet. It's your home for live in-play betting, and it just got even better Introducing PointsBet's new feature, live NBA Same Game Parlay. For the first time ever, you can build the perfect live NBA Same Game Parlay only with PointsBet. Combine your favorite bets anytime during the game, and if you want more, you can always boost your live Same Game Parlays. Reminder, online sign-up is available now in Illinois. Get out your phone, download the PointsBet app. You're good to go in minutes. Very, very easy. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700.
And if you want to start your day with a competitive edge, guess what? Strava CBD coffee is that competitive edge, and it's helped thousands of people to improve their overall wellness and quality of life. Strava delivers delicious, fresh-roasted specialty coffee infused with organic, broad-spectrum CBD. The CBD from hemp doesn't make you high or hungry, but it does offer you a wide array of health benefits, including making you feel more alert and focused without the jitters. You're going to be able to live your day more balanced with Less anxiety and fewer aches and pains. And my God, that is a godsend. Sounds good. Plus, including CBD in your daily routine can even help you enjoy a more restful night's sleep. So you wake up feeling your best. And the best part is Strava is all about quality. Everything is small batch, fresh. So if you're a big coffee person, Strava is delicious. And plus, you get all the benefits from concentrated full-spectrum CBD. And... You get to save 25% just from listening to this podcast. CHGO listeners, enter the promo code CHGO25 at checkout, and they will take 25% off your entire order. That's a quarter off the price just by using that promo code CHGO at StravaCraftCoffee.com. That's S-T-R-A-V-A. And if you're already a big fan of Strava, and if you're not, what are you waiting for? You can subscribe and save with the Strava Craft Coffee Club. That's where they put you in control. You get to save on all your favorite flavors and concentrations of coffee. And then you tell them when you want it and where you want it shipped to, and they make it happen. And you save money. It doesn't get any easier than that. So please check out our friends at StravaCraftCoffee.com. You will not regret it. I looked it up. Duncan Keith, third on the team. In defensive ice time, right. just Excellent. about 19 and a half minutes. So we need to know. We know for sure it's defensive ice time and not overall ice time. Yeah. yeah. Okay, sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. So okay. if the Oilers win one more game, the Oilers win one more game and Tyson Berry doesn't play like 30 minutes and Duncan Keith gets benched, I think we're in a good spot. I think so, too. All right. Well, unfortunately, they're going to probably have to play the Avalanche in the next round. So shh, 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 shh. So we'll worry they, about that when we get. Was, there. Wait, was it third round or cup, got, final? Cup, final. cup final? Cup final. Cup yeah. final. Oh, so there's Ugh. a gigantic okay. hurdle still in the way. So they need five more wins. <laughs> yeah, gotcha. not Thomas okay. Hurdle. There you go. I'm sorry. Well, well done. Well Should played. I leave? Should I go? Teenage Mutant Ninja, that Ninja Hurdle. That's oh, an appropriate reference. Uh, oh yeah, look at the shirt. Yeah, that's yes. good. Yes. With chili shirt over here. <laughs> we're just we're pop culture, man. That's all we are now. We are on top of it. We TLC, are on top of 1995. TLC pop and culture. Teenage Mutant Ninja. We are what the kids call with it. Hey, don't go chasing waterfalls. All right. Yes, exactly. Have you guys seen that new movie called Swingers? Swingers. Yeah, <laughs> they yeah. make some hockey references. Oh lord, we are old folks. All right, it's time for our uh, second week of evaluations. We're going to do Riley Stillman. And Dylan Strom today to keep you listening. And we're going to do Dylan Strom last. That's an old radio trick. <laughs> gotcha. Um, our grading system, if you missed last week, instead of letter grades, we give feathers. So an A is four feathers, a B is three feathers, a C is two, a, a D is one, and so on. We also have half feathers because we were feeling a little somewhere on the line between the two. We can do that as well. Um, so let's start with Riley Stillman taking a look at his statistics for this year. 52 games with the Hawks, five, I'm sorry, two goals, 10 assists. That's 12 points for those that can't math. He was a minus eight, zero power play impact because he never played in a power play. 49 shots, 4.1% shooting percentage, and a 15.04 ice time average. His Corsi 4 percentage was 39.2. Oof. Expected goals, 4 percentage, uh, 41.81. Both bad uh, on that term. I, I gave him two feathers. Um, my main reason was that after last season, I was very optimistic about Stillman. I really thought that they had found a piece in a trade that was more about Henrik Borgstrom than Riley Stillman. He sort of came in here, surprised a bunch of people, played physically, uh, was really a dependable defender, um, and we did not see that from him this year. The physicality sort of went away. Uh, he did not seem to play with the same intensity that he had played with in the prior season. And for him to be an effective defenseman, he needs to he needs to play with that edge. He needs to play with that style. And as we were talking about like with Drake, Jacob Truba earlier today, some players need that edge to stay competitive. Riley Stillman was not the same guy when he took the physical aspect of his game away. 
And I, if he's going to become one of the Hawks' top six defensemen, which I think at this point he is, basically just out of default, right? Uh, yeah. If he's going to keep that job, he's going to have to bring that physicality every night. And I was disappointed to see how little physicality he played with this year. I think he, you know, he battled some injuries this year. Yeah. Um, but for me, I, I gave him one and a half. I know the the graphic looks like I gave him two halves, but it's just how the feathers look. <laughs> it's 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 one and a half. Um, because I, I I had expectations. Um, like you said, Jay, like he he set himself up. Um, from last season to this past season with some expectations to be a regular top six contributor and, and be a physical presence, someone who could uh, mix it up and, 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 you know, bring that uh, aspect of the game to the, to the, to the Blackhawks. And it really, it, it wasn't up to the billing. And I think for me to go from, from two to one and a half was towards the end of the season, he was one of the rotating out defensemen and going into next season, you know, in, in, in my head when I'm thinking, okay, Calvin Nahan's not going to be here. Uh, Eric Gustafson's not going to be here. That opens up two spots. When I do that, like, thought process in my head, Riley Stillman is not one of the first players I think of when I'm like, who's going to fill those two spots next season in, in, in the blue line? And I'm that's a disappointment from what I expected of him this season. And I think it's probably, a you know, I don't want to speak for the organization, but it probably is in line with where they see him too, because they gave him a very team friendly extension as a young player to yeah. come in here and be like, Hey, you're going to be like our number five, number six defenseman. We want you to be, you know, a young defenseman that can, that can grow their, uh, grow their game in Chicago and become, you know, a, a, a legit everyday top six NHL defenseman. And I don't, I haven't seen it yet. Uh, and, and this, like I said, this season he had some injury issues. It could have played into the the um, decrease in physicality in his game, which sets him apart uh, from some other players with Chicago. But I think when you when you when you when he got to the end of the season and he was one of the rotating out defensemen, I don't know if he has done enough. Uh, we'll see what the what the roster looks like going into next season. But I don't know if he's if, if he's if you can pencil him into the lineup and out of that rotation of defensemen going into next year he's got two years left at 1.35 million uh will become an arbitrational arbitration eligible player at the end of the 2023-24 season so yeah that is a team-friendly deal for a guy you thought was going to be an impact player this year and he just wasn't greg yeah i, I gave him a two uh two feathers for a lot of the same reasons um he's a guy that for a good portion of the first half of the season, you were like, okay, we got a guy here. Like, this is a third-pairing defender going forward. But by the end of the season, we're still we're we're still saying the same things about Riley Stillman that we did last this point last year. We don't really know what we got in him. Yeah, he'll be here next year because he's under contract. But does he is with all these young defensemen coming up? He's a guy that unless he picks it up, is going to get pushed out of that lineup. Yep. Um, two things that I reasons why I gave him two and not a lower grade. Um, he did have sixty-seven block shots, career high. Also set a career high with one hundred and twenty-two hits. Those are the types of things he needs to do to stay in this lineup and be productive. Now we mentioned you guys both mentioned the injury. He got hurt on January twenty-first, um, shoulder injury, I believe it was. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, and then kept him out until March third, so he missed a good five. Almost six weeks. And when he came back, he wasn't the same player. No. It, it, and that's understandable. When you're dealing with a shoulder injury, yeah. you know, you think, six weeks is not enough. Right. You're not going to go out yeah. there and, and risk injury again and miss time again. And it, it definitely changed his game. Uh, and, you know, it, it got in his head, I think, a little bit to not be as physical as he was. And that's his best aspect. That's the aspect of his game that makes him an effective player are the hits, are the block shots. And there were too many times when he came back from that injury and, and sometimes before that when the Hawks got hemmed in their own zone for like a minute and a half and it ended with either a goal against or a penalty against, it seemed that number 61 was part yeah. of that. And there were a lot of times where I, I compared him to skating in a blender. He was just going around in a circle, had no idea what he was supposed to do. And eventually there's, you know, two or three golden scoring chances against his goalie. And when we had Marc-Andre Fleury, you can get away with that sometimes. But when you got Kevin Lincoln and, and, and Colin Delia, it's a goal against nine yeah. times out of 10. So he's got to improve. There's, there are 
there's a foundation there for him to be a solid NHL third pairing defenseman, but they're not there on a nightly basis. So, you know, he's here next year because he's under contract. Prove that you're worth those two years. Prove he's, that you could stay in this lineup. If he can't prove that he could stay in this lineup next year when Calvin DeHaan and Eric Gustafson, trusted veterans, aren't here, then you got a problem. Yeah, he's, he's going to have competition for his roster Absolutely. spot. Absolutely, and which is no every, yep. Everybody in that back end, except for, you know, Jones and Murphy, uh, are going to have competition. At least mm-hmm. it should. they should be. Yep. And, and he shouldn't feel safe in his job because the second he feels safe in his job, it, it's, it's, it's all downhill. All right, now we're going to move on to one guy who seemed to be in the headlines almost every podcast we did towards the end of the season. Uh, that's Dylan Strom. 69 games for the Hawks this year. Nice. Thank you. Nice. Uh, 22 nice. goals, 26 assists. That's 48 points. Minus six. Pretty good on the Hawks. <laughs> yeah, Five power play yeah. goals, 11 <laughs> power play assists, 16 power play points, 126 shots on goal, a 17.5 shooting percentage. He averaged 17.26 of ice time per game. Corsi for 48.9, Fenwick for 49.5, expected goals for 48.87%. hated that school. Um, so, we're the Red Sox player. Right? When you look at the numbers, and uh, like the advanced stats, those are actually pretty good for the Hawks because mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. pretty yeah. much lost the possession battle in every game they played. Even in the wins, they would usually be at the back end of the possession thing. So to have Strom right around 50% is pretty solid. Article came out yesterday for The Athletic from Mark Lazarus. A source says that the Hawks are not planning on bringing him back. That, to me, is a mistake. I, I, I don't know. I uh, Look, I know you want to rebuild. I know you've got... Uh, you want to be bad to be higher up in the draft next year, but who's going to play center? You've got to have guys that can play on this team, and we were talking about it the other day. They just don't have any center depth at all. We don't think Kirby Doc's a center. We don't know, A, if Lucas Reichel is going to be ready to go. He's not hurt, but is he NHL ready game one next year? Probably, but we don't know that for sure. But if he is, is he a center? Is he your number two center behind Jonathan Taves? That's a tough ask. You look at the Ice Hogs, it's Evan Barrett who's been a disappointment and Josiah Slavin. Like, yeah, but but that's but, they have so but many again, guys who are like tweener centers yeah, too. Yeah, that's not a that's not a, a position of depth with this team. And especially if you remove if you remove Strom and potentially remove Taze going into next season, woof. Like Yeah. Oh my gosh. Like you 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 literally have almost nothing. And and I, I, like you said, the plan is not necessarily to, the plan's not to win a ton of games next season, but you got to have some players yeah, to you be can't just get smoked competitive, you know, you, you have to be able to field a, a, a roster that can compete at the NHL level and not be, you're not going to have, um, you know, Patrick Kane, Seth Jones and the kids, like right. you need to have some, some serviceable players and Dylan Strome. Uh, has proven that he's more than serviceable. He's he's still young in in the NHL. Um, I you know I believe he's had two good seasons with the Blackhawks. Good enough to say, uh, you know he's 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 worthy of of being around. He's worthy of playing in a top six role. He is an effective uh, center in in the right situations. Um, I think Derek King did it did a good job of um, throughout the season finding the right way to utilize and to coach Dylan Strom that Jeremy Colleton couldn't do. Um, or unwill- unwilling to do. Or, too. yeah, or unwilling yeah. to do. And the, the 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 trio of DeBrinket, Strom, and Kane was the offensive catalyst of, of, of the team this last season. And Kane and DeBrinket are two players that potentially could stick around in Chicago through the rebuild. And I think if you're if you're looking to, say, who are, as far as forwards go, who are big names that you can theoretically imagine being around when the team is ready to compete again? Alex Dabrinkit, Patrick, uh, Patrick Kane, and Dylan Strome. That's it. That trio is is really the top three that you can think of. Yep. Um, so I, I don't think letting Dylan Strome go when you don't, when you, when all you have are his, uh, negotiation rights, He's like you don't have him under contract, you're not gonna. You're gonna say if for for the people who say, oh, his value is at his highest it's ever been. 
Sure. It's but not that great. I don't what even know you, that's what true you, either. Trading, trading uh, negotiation rights gets you nothing. Like, you, unless it's a... You're getting a late unless, round pick. Unless you're going to do like, oh, we signed him and then we're going to trade him. Like, sure, you can you can figure that out. But I, I don't know. I just... I, I don't think the right move is to let him go for nothing. Yeah. But I also don't think if you're going to move him, you are in a situation to move him to capitalize on what his return value could be yeah. if he was under contract. Well, I gave him three star, uh, three feathers uh, for my evaluation, and I'm the Russian judge on this one. <laughs> uh, I think the, the only reason is, as critical as we were of Colleton and early on of Derek King for not playing him, there were reasons he wasn't playing. He was not competing hard every night. He was not committed to all three zones. You know what I mean? And that sort of came... And sort of like after maybe the first month of Derek King being here, Strom started to find what it took to stay in the lineup every night and to stay on that top line. I also sort of bristle when everyone's like, "Well, he can't, he can't, um, you know, he can't produce unless he's with Kane and DeBrinket." Who are the other Hawks that produce without Kane and DeBrinket? Right. None. Nobody. Right. So those are the guys on the team there's, that score. There's not many guys that are going to be able to produce with Mackenzie Entwistle and Reese Johnson on exactly, your right. like, exactly. It's not so happen. Overall, very happy with Strom's season. I just, I think he can be his biggest enemy at sometimes where maybe he loses interest, maybe he loses commitment in the defensive zone a little bit, and that's why the Hawks right now might be a little hesitant to give him another contract because maybe Derek King's the guy that can get the best out of him because he's just like, okay, buddy, like you know, give you a hug, you know, let's let's make sure we're playing hard today. And if Derek King is not their coach necessarily, he might be. We don't know, but. I don't know. I, I I still think, regardless of his inconsistency, he should be brought back. But that's why I gave him a B and not an A because I just think there were too many games where he was a complete non-factor. And as much as we were critical of Jeremy Collin, there was some validity to that. There were days where Dylan Strom, you forgot he was on the team, yeah. and he's got when he when those are less frequent, he's a much better player, a much more consistent player, and that's that is sort of the last piece to his NHL puzzle is finding that consistency where he's the same reliable player every night. And when he does that, he's definitely going to be worth the $4 million plus he's yeah. going to sign. Yeah, I gave him three and a half. Uh, and I based my grades, and I'm doing these grades, kind of not just on the overall performance, but more like weighing what my expectations were for the player heading into the season and then what the results were. True. And I had no expectations for Dylan Strom heading into this season. I didn't even think he was going to be on the opening night roster, to be honest with you. When yeah. he made the opening night roster, I was surprised. I thought he was going to be traded in the summer. I didn't think he was even going to be here. And I'm going to give him a ton of credit for what he went through to where he finished the season with 22 uh, goals, career high. He was a pro. He could have easily taken the social media. He could have easily moaned and cried and, and demanded a trade. Checked out. But he didn't. He yeah. stuck with it. And Derek King instilled some confidence in him. And and here's the stat that jumps out the most at me when I look at at, at, at Dylan Strom. Besides the improvement at the faceoff dot, 52.3% faceoffs. First time over 50% in his career. He was like 47, 48% career average. So to make that jump, yeah. that's remarkable. Great job. But here's the stat that really jumps off to me. And I think this has got a lot to do with Derek King. 67 takeaways this year career high and, uh, and king said many times that Stroll needed to learn the reason why he wasn't playing that he's great when he's out there with the brinket and kane but he needs to be better when he away from the puck mm -hmm. 67 takeaways career high that shows me he put in the effort to be better when he doesn't have the puck so those are the types of improvements the face-offs the takeaways the things that don't get you the glory but you got to be able to do to win hockey games and that showed me that Dylan Strome was dedicating himself to becoming more than just Alex Debrinkit's center, mm -hmm. you know, and, and riding his coattails, that he wanted to be a more complete player. And he showed it for a lot of that second half yeah. of the season. So that's why I gave him three and a half stars. The progression from opening night to the final night of the season was tremendous from Dylan Strome. Does he have his flaws? Absolutely. Sure. 100 percent. Yes. Should he, you know, and again, with the whole, we can debate all summer and we probably will, we the will. validity, if he should be here or not. <laughs> yes. I would have zero issues with Dylan Strome coming back. There's a lot, to me, there's more pros to having Dylan Strome on your team than cons. Certainly. If he's not the type of player that, that fits Kyle Davidson's vision, he doesn't want him here because that's not, then 
that's his that's his job. So if the, if he feels that if he's just not just trading him for the sake of trading him, well, I can get an asset. I can get a fourth round pick for his negotiation. Right? But if he literally says, "Hey, I've watched Dylan Strom's game. Yes, he's a good player, but he's not the type of player that I envision my team being successful with." then move him. I have got no problem with that. I would like to keep him. He's still at that age where I don't think he's played the best hockey of his career yet. And I would, I'm selfish. I would like him to play the best hockey of his career in a Blackhawks uniform. It'd be nice. I think that's fun. Yep. But uh, if Kyle Davidson doesn't agree, then that's his job to make those decisions. Yeah. So right now he, I'm giving Kyle Davidson the benefit of the doubt. He's earned that. Uh, what else do we have to do? We can't start screaming that he's terrible <laughs> and he's barely gotten his, you know, roll up his sleeves yet. Right. So I'd be disappointed if Dylan Strom is not here next season. But if it's part of the master plan and the vision that Kyle Davidson's putting in, then I got to trust it. Yeah. The Hawks have nine players on their roster with center experience. Taves, Johnson, Borgstrom, Doc, Reese Johnson, mm-hmm. Kurashev, Entwistle, Lafferty, and Kara. Mm-hmm. How many of these are actual centers? One and a half. Taze. I think Taze uh, and Strom. 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 Tyler Johnson. Maybe. Maybe. But it he, seems like Kurashev is going to be a wing. Yeah. Entwistle is going to be a wing, I think. Lafferty played mostly wing. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm on the train that Kirby Doc's future is, is at wing. Um, yeah, I just, yeah. And let's face it, all those, besides Strom and Taves, all those guys you mentioned have center experience, not because they're good at it, because they had no one else to put there. Hey, kid, yeah. go take a face off. Let's Tyler, see if you Tyler can win. Johnson was pretty consistently a center. In right? Tampa? In yeah. Tampa, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think at this point of his he's, career, uh, he's, he's better at a wing. He's a, he, he, he can is, be trusted there. Yeah, he can be trusted to play center consistently. Um, but he's, you know, he's a he's effective at, at wing as well when when he's put there. But I think if if you if you go into a season and Tyler Johnson's your third line center, that's not bad. It's not. But it, de- but it definitely depends on who's one and two. Right. Who's if he's two, your though. second line center, not so much. Yeah. I mean, he he started the season with DeBrincat and right. Kane and seemed to be effective in the first couple of games. Um, Playing with the but bucket and cane. Yeah, I know it, it's it's yeah. amazing. I, <laughs> maybe you know if the Blackhawks want to give me a tryout, ten points in a season. With yeah, the and if, cane. if 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 the Blackhawks want to give me a tryout, I will demand to play between uh, DeBrincat and Kane. Um, it's going to be a very small line, but um, <laughs> but uh, I'm yeah. just going to skate to the front of the net and let the puck hit me. Yeah, I'm going to do the. Uh, Arnisimov's plan. I also gave Dylan Strom uh, three and a half. A lot of a lot of the same reasons that that, that Greg laid out because the expectations for him. Um, I had hoped that he would have a, a bounce back year. Um, midway through the season, it looked like that was not going to be the case, but he did start to improve uh, when he was given um, the right opportunities to do so, uh, and and he, and he ran with it, and he really seemed to start to round out his game a little bit. Um, I know we we you know, talk about confidence a lot with players like uh, Kirby Doc and uh, Dominic Kubelik. Dylan Strom was another one that I think he just needed confidence. He, he needed a change, uh, a positive change in confidence in himself. And I think he also had to get it from the coaching staff. And he wasn't getting that at the beginning of the season. So um, I think a, lo- a lot of that impacted the, uh, the, the change in his game and, and a little bit of the rounding out in his game that we saw this season. Um, so I was very happy with with the year that he ended up having. Um, I said it. Bef- I said it before. I think he should be back, um, but we'll 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 see what happens this summer. Design love in the chat brings up a good point. He says, "I think the issue with Strom is that if he does not play line one minutes, is he any good?" That's the question. Now, and and one thing we know just based on the moves he's made so far, Kyle Davidson likes players that are flexible and versatile. Like Radish can play on all four lines. Could you? Maybe not as much, but you get you get my point. Sam Lafferty. Tyler Johnson can go up and down. Sam Lafferty can go up and down. You know, players like that are very helpful. Dylan Strom does have to basically be a top six guy to serve any sort of purpose at all. That said, though, they don't have a lot of options. Unless Kyle Davidson is flat out convinced that starting day one next season, Lucas Reichel is a number two center. And if he's sold on that concept... You have to bring Strom back. You just you you can't yeah. unless they've got some free agent in mind that we have that we don't know about, which is a possibility. But 
Joe Thornton. Who are you going to find Shit. that is right, <laughs> right there? <laughs> that perfect rebuild candidate. Uh, who are you going to find that is as young and productive as Strom? Yeah, maybe you find someone a little bit cheaper, but I don't know. I To me, it feels like not giving him another, another year or two to prove himself is foolish because if he become, I mean, remember he was a number three overall pick and behind he, Eichel and McDavid. Sure. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like hey, he's, who would you rather have right now? Honestly, Dylan Strom or Jack Eichel? Eichel. Oh, I still, I would still, I still think I, I was, I mean, yes, for, Eichel. for a pure hockey performance. Yes. But do you want yeah. that? Do you want that? Maybe not for a rebuild. Yeah. Do you want that no, guy in your locker room? Not as a rebuilding Rolling player. Rolling his eyes at no. your goalie? No, yeah. I don't think so. Not as a rebuilding player. But here's here's the thing. Like I I, I get the argument that well he can only play with Kane and, and Debrinket. Well, good for him. Kane and Debrinket are here, so just put him there. Well, and also just like, put him there. If if he Who centers, going to take that spot. If he centers Doc and Reichel, it's not the end of the world either. No. That could be a pretty productive line. Yeah, he's a top. He can only play top six minutes on a bad team. But you put him on Colorado or Toronto, he'd be a really good third line center there. It's all about the guy. Yes, he's a guy that plays better with with good players around him. So is everybody else in the National <laughs> Hockey <Right>. League. <laughs> everybody else is going to play better when they got all star talent around them. So if if he can only play with Kane and Debrinket, then let him play with Kane and Debrinket and be productive. Why do you need him to play anywhere else? I'm also not willing to um, move on from Dylan Strom's new dog Benny. Oh no. Um, oh, look at that. This is not yeah, something I, I'm oh, willing to let go of. I, I feel like you he deserved an extra half feather just for Benny. <laughs> oh, yeah, like, come I on. Mean, come on, Jay. The story is, if I understand this, this is It's his brother. Uh, it's yeah, Wrigley's uh, brother. Yeah. Rig- yes. Same father. As Wrigley as his, as his, his the, the dog that passed Wrigley, away, yeah. Wrigley. Same this father. is the, the from the same uh lineage. And yeah. they were going to be brothers. Brothers yeah. in the in the, the Strom family. Oh. So uh, yeah, Benny, just I very the, adorable little. I love how the Blackhawks sent Benny a, a jersey, but Daddy doesn't get a contract. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it's kind of sad. It's, it's, <laughs> that would be awkward. Well, I do encourage. Not that we're uh, trying to push other publications because all CHGO is wonderful, but uh, I think what Mark Lazarus wrote yesterday for the Athletic is there's a lot of interesting stuff in there. So make sure you read that, Hawks fans. Um, but just the fact that they're like, yeah, they think they're just going to walk away from Strom. Yeah, it's walking, that walking to me away is without without, I, I, and I I know I said like, oh, what are you going to attract? They said not like, resign, but that's that's walking away. Yeah, if 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 they just say we're not giving you a contract and we're not going to move you even for peanuts, that's the biggest mistake they could make. Yeah, it's kind of like Calvin DeHaan. Why didn't you get something for him? Yes. Yeah, that still no. chaps my ass. Yeah, so yeah, Unlike, and, and, yeah. Not, and we're not mm-hmm. trying to like discredit Mark Lazarus. Like, dis, we're just disagreeing. That's with the a Blackhawks. Yeah, Mark sure. Lazarus is one of the most in plugged in guys Absolutely. in Chicago. So if he's saying it, it's yeah, most likely true. He's not making it up. He's no, got it from. A, he's, he's not. Got cl- it from he's a, not clickbaiting it. He's got a trusted source. I trust Mark Lazarus when it comes to Blackhawks information. He's 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 one of the best, if not the best, on on the beat. Um, so. I just disagree with the Blackhawks thinking. Yeah, totally agree. All right, tomorrow, throwback Thursday. Greg is the uh, is the what do you say? Like the designer, the the creative force behind Throwback Thursday. I know where we're going. Mario knows where we're going. Greg, let the good folks know where we're going tomorrow. Well, since the I am excited. Since we're we're coming up on the ninth anniversary of these great great moments. We are going to deep dive and spend most of tomorrow's podcast on the 2013 series between the Chicago Blackhawks and the Detroit Red Wings. Woo, yes. Of course, the, his, the anniversary of the big Brent Seabrook goal and the J- Nicholas Jarmelson. Uh, Should have been goal. Disallowed <laughs> goal because he, he took a penalty for getting thrown, allowing himself to get thrown down on the ice. Yeah. Um, Why would Brandon Saad do that? Right, so it's it's crazy. It that makes that game was insane. <laughs> Everybody remembers that goal, but you know what? There were seven intensely Fantastic interesting games. games that happened before that Seabrook goal. We're going to tackle that entire series, reminisce, go through it game by game. It's going to be a lot of fun. Throwback Thursday, deep dive. Cannot Hawks, wait. Red Wings, 2013 seven-game series. Should be a good one. Shout out to... Um, uh, my sister-in-law and her husband. It is their wedding anniversary today. Oh, nice. I was at their wedding for game five, and I was, I, I 
promised my wife, I was like, I will not be on my phone the entire night because they were on the I brink of a elimination. <laughs> and, but I was just like, well, I, the game ended by nine thirty, so you did yeah. Lie. I so I did I, I I did I did check it a couple times, and I was like, oh, because because uh, her brother's a huge Hawks fan as well, and I was like, hey, they won. And so we had the 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 wedding DJ play uh, Chelsea Dagger, and everyone was just like, "Oh, they won! Yeah, okay, cool." That's and awesome. Everyone, uh, yeah, everyone had a good time. So shout out to them! Happy wedding happy anniversary! anniversary yes. Happy an- my anniversary was yesterday. Should have mentioned that. Hey, there you happy go. Anniversary happy anniversary to. Thank you for blowing the horn for us. Nice. We appreciate it, Lawrence. All right, thanks everybody for tuning in. We'll talk to you on Throwback Thursday. Reminder. Make sure you're subscribed to our YouTube page. Turn on those notifications so when CHGO Sports goes live, you know and you can watch. The Bears are up next. We've got Cubs, Sox, Bulls, Sky, Red Stars, Fire. and Fire. Every Chicago team that's a pro team is covered. So turn those notifications on. And CHGO and make sure. Bets Daily. Don't forget about CHGO Bets Daily. And, of course, CHGO, CHGO Bets. Bets Daily. I make some CHGO Weekly on Podcast. Just bet against Sean Anderson. You'll be good to go. Um, <laughs> that's my guy, Sean. I that's love my, him. That's my wind guy. He'll bounce back. That's my. That's that's the guy that makes my hair blow in the wind. He's my guy. There you go. Yes, it's true. He's your, yeah, it's your wind he's, technician. He's, he's my personal fan guy. And, of he's course, your... become a member at allchgo.com. Get access to our great uh, written content our Discord channel. You get a free T-shirt for signing up. Uh, Go to allchgo.com for more info. For Mario and Greg, I'm Jay. We'll talk to you on Throwback Thursday tomorrow at 11 a.m. on the CHGO Blackhawks podcast.